Recovery is stupendous. Achievable. Hope. Freedom. 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 Empowering. It's unique to everyone. It's a journey, not a destination. Getting a new lease on life. Finding restoration after you fall down. Recovery is having the freedom to enjoy life. For me, it was finding a way to really love myself. My recovery is possible in part because of my own sense of purpose. Welcome to another Recovery Talks podcast. This is a recording of our live Facebook broadcast from May 14th. And your guests are Bill Devil, recovery coach, and Ashley McLean, recovery coach supervisor. So our topic today is going to be how do we navigate the mental health and substance abuse system? A lot of that can be overwhelming. I'll just kind of talk a little bit about my story and then, and then Ashley can add to it. So each of us don't necessarily have to navigate both. Sometimes it's one or the other, or sometimes it's both. And then there's also, you know, Office of Public Assistance that we have to navigate, then the Social Security system. Um, so it can be a lot to take in and start with. And of course, all that got started for me because I went through the justice system. All of that is a lot. So, so like when I got out of jail, I was court ordered to do all these different things. I had to, you know, go to the probation and parole and sign up with them. And then they wanted, I was court ordered to go to mental health treatment. And then I had to get an evaluation. So all of that is overwhelming when I wasn't well to begin with. Um, and so, you know, I, I sometimes look back at that time and I just wonder how did, how did I get through it and how did that happen? Thankfully, I had, I had some supportive parents that, that encouraged me and helped me walk through that. I, I agree with you that it is overwhelming to have basically nothing on your plate but, you know, being being unwell, right, and, and not having any responsibilities to now having a plate full of responsibilities in, you know, in navigating these systems. Like, it's overwhelming. I agree. So, so like, when I started out, I didn't really have any type of motivation to do any of these things that I was court ordered to do, except that I didn't want to be in jail. And so the motivation of, of me just being told what to do helped me kind of get started on all these things. And, and for me, it was slow. I can remember the first thing I did when I got out of jail was I had to go down to the intensive outpatient for a CD evaluation. And that I, that's the only thing I did that day. And then I got told, well, you need to be on Medicaid. And so then the next day, my mom took me to the Office of Public Assistance. So all of that being said is, is I didn't like try and get everything done in a single day. I don't think that I had everything in line with, you know, the stack of paperwork I got when I got released from jail. I don't think I made all those 
accommodations of where I needed to be and signed up for everything. I think that took me like two weeks to finally get it all said and done. And that was with meeting with my probation and parole officer and them kind of encouraging me, well, this has to be done by this time. Otherwise, you know, you're going to get sanctioned or whatever. So then once I got the CD evaluation appointment set up, and then I had an appointment with my parole officer, then they said, well, then you need to, you're court ordered to do mental health treatment and take medication. Um, that's your priority. So, so my mental health to probation and parole was more of a priority than, you know, following through on my CD evaluation and things like that. Um, and I can remember not even knowing where to begin. Well, where do I go? And, you know, they give you, they give you a piece of paper and you say, make some phone calls and do that. And I really have to say that my mom's an angel because I don't know if I would have been able to make those phone calls or follow through on any of that. And so I feel fortunate for the situation that, that I was in. There was one other thing I wanted to mention is, is when I got released from jail, I was in jail in two different counties and they offered me drug court in both those counties. And where I was at the time, I just didn't think that it was even possible for me to complete a program like that. And so I would have been given more time if I didn't complete the programs. So I completely skipped drug court. And so that's another, another system that has to be navigated out here sometimes as well. So anyways, I get to, I pick the mental health agency that I'm going to try and receive my services from. Um, and I'm thinking I'm just going to do that so that I can, you know, get my medication and be good with it. And then I get this packet of stuff that I have to fill out. Oh my gosh. That's going to have a mental breakdown with just the back. I didn't even understand some of the questions they were asking or why they were asking them. And, and I just, I just gave it to my mom and I said, um, maybe we can go through some of this a little at a time, but that was just super overwhelming. I can remember when I finally had my CD evaluation I just got grilled with a bunch of questions from an LAC and you know, that's, I can, I can manage that, but a packet of paperwork and they're asking me all these questions that, how do I answer them? Do I answer them honestly, or do I answer them how I think they want me to answer them? Or what, what are the consequences of answering these questions? So that was, that was really, really, really tough, but I was able to, to manage it through the help of my mom. And, and I think this is, is, is another key point is, is the mental health agency that I was at had just started about a year prior to me getting their peer support services. And so once I got established, I had a peer at, at my disposal any time that I wanted. Um, and I think in today's world where we're at, that's how peer supports, peer supporters can really be utilized for someone that's new coming into the system. And that is be able to kind of help them navigate 
you know, the first little while while they're getting implemented into this system of behavioral health. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I don't know. I just, I think back on, on my experiences in, in the SUD world, you know, and once I, once I was able to kind of navigate that, like, you know, halfway into my recovery or, you know, three years into my recovery, I was, I was also having some additional problems. Right. And so mine was, was, I have to navigate both of these now. Right. And I think being able to navigate the SUD world made it way more possible for me to navigate my mental health and the things that I needed to do for that. I was, I was able to not be overwhelmed in, in the things that I needed to do for my mental health, but getting to that point, right? So my first treatment that I ever went to was, um, when I was 17. So there wasn't a lot of stuff that I had to do, right? It was my parents admitted me to this treatment and I just had to go cause I was still under their care and yeah, questions got asked, but I, I, for the life of you, couldn't remember that process, right? There was no want, there was no desire. It was just, I had to do this or else I didn't have a roof over my head and you know, I'm a survivalist, so I'm going to do this because <laughs> I don't have anywhere to go, you know, if I don't. And so like, that was my first experience into, into that world. But I do remember like getting out of there and there being some requirements that I had to do because it was inpatient and then it trans transitioned into outpatient treatment. And, um, there was a lot that I had to do. And I didn't know at that point that, one of the ways that I could have navigated that was to ask for help, <laughs> right? And and humble myself enough to say, I don't know what I'm doing and I don't think I'm doing it right and I need help. You know what I mean? Like that has come over time with practice that if I don't know what I'm doing, like I need to ask for help. And there's there's strength in asking for help. It's not a weakness asking for help. And that was that was kind of my belief. And so I, you know, went a couple more years of trying to figure out my life on my own without the need of help from anyone, right? Because nobody understood what I was going through. And, and I got to a place of desperation again. And I, I, I sought help through another treatment center. And, and I can remember it being really, it was in California. So there was very, there was a lot of treatment centers. And it was really hard to like, finally get to that point of like, okay, I need to do something about this, right? Like, where do I even start, right? Like, back in those days, you didn't have Google, right? <laughs> and you you just had to kind of like, get out the phone book and start looking. But like, the first two people that I called said, we're not accepting new patients. And like, that's like, okay, what's the use, right? And so I called the third one, and I got in, and I, and I had my CD evaluation, but I remember them leaving me alone with the packet that you have to do. Right. And I now know it's called like a bio psych something. Right. And, but it's a lot, it's, it's thick. It is very, very thick of questions about yourself that you have been avoiding your whole life. Right? <laughs> and like, I need a little bit of of guidance. It's scary. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, admit 
how many times a day do you use, right? Like, I don't stop, you know? <laughs> and so it was, it was really, really um, tough, but I was left alone to do that. And, and it was, it was like, I don't want to do this. Like I had, I had changed my mind in the middle of that paperwork, being alone with myself. <laughs> I changed, I changed my mind. I'm like, I don't want to do this. So I stayed three days at that treatment center. And then I ran because I, I didn't know, like, that these emotions were going to be normal and, you know, and so it was really hard to navigate that. And I, you know, I'm a real, real advocate for when, when we have to do these paperworks, like ask for help from, from these people. Like, I don't know what this is. I, I need somebody to sit with me at least just so I can bounce things off of them. Or if I'm feeling anxious or like, I want to run, I can say that to somebody, somebody's there with me and they're not doing it for me, but they're just present. You know what I mean? Like, I encourage you to ask for that if you're just going through this process or you know somebody who has to, um, sit by side with them. Um, that, that can make all the difference in the world. And, you know, like Bill said at the beginning, like navigating Office of Public Assistance and all of that kind of stuff, um, scary overwhelming. I felt shameful. I, I mean, there was all of this stuff that came with it. And I did, I had somebody who sat next to me and said, this is what needs to go here. This is what needs to go here. And it kind of made it a little less scary for me. And I, and I navigated that, but it was all by the help of somebody else. Once I learned how to open my mouth and say, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. I need help. I need help. So peer support is, is that help? <laughs> right. And, and these people were doing it before, you know, before they knew it was a title or before, you know, like before I knew that's what they were doing, that's what they were doing. So pretty cool. I think another thing when, when I was in the midst of all of this process was, was, was something that Ashley kind of pointed out was the emotions that are involved while navigating these systems mm. and so so i can remember emotionally i didn't have a problem going into an sud treatment center and getting a cd evaluation i knew that i had problems problem with drugs and alcohol but having to go into a mental health center and getting a mental health evaluation was foreign to me. I mean, I, if I was honest with myself, I could honestly say probably a good idea to get one, but emotionally where I was at was in denial. And so, you know, once I, I got established in my mental health provider and we started, I started working with the case manager and a provider and a, and a psychologist you know, it was suggested to me that maybe I would want to apply for social security disability. Mm -hmm. And so my ego and, you know, me wanting to protect myself was, well, why would I want to do that? And, you know, they look at you and they say, because you have some issues and I don't know if you could actually go back to work full time or even part time where you were, where you were at currently. And I didn't like to hear that. I, I, I just, I was okay with being a drug addict, you know, that happens, not a big deal, but you know, 
I, at this point, I, I didn't know what my diagnosis was. I didn't really want to know what my diagnosis was. But, you know, at the time, I'm 36 years old. I'm living with my mom and dad. Working really isn't an option right now. You're a good candidate for Social Security disability, uh, so you can have some income and maybe become independent a little bit. Emotionally, that was a lot for me to hear. I, I just kind of wanted to go back to my mom and dad's, crawl in my bed in, in my bedroom, and just forget about it. Just, I don't want to deal with that. I don't really care. I'm just going to follow what was recommended and get treatment. And I'm just going to, I'm not going to be here forever. I'm just going to go back out and do my own thing anyways. So I don't have to face this and I don't have to deal with this was my initial thought. But as time went on and I had fairly good structure living with my parents and them having a certain amount of expectations and me needed to be accountable, I kind of got through that and I applied for social security and, you know, the paperwork comes back and they give you a diagnosis. And I'm like, you're really, really, really wrong. I think I'm going to go to my mental health provider and see what they say about this because you guys are crazy. And it <laughs> turns out that I'm the one that's crazy. Um, and, you know, uh, that's tough to, to take, you know, I, I don't, I don't want a mental health diagnosis. I, I can, for some reason, it was okay to be a drug addict, but not to have a mental health diagnosis. So then I had to, I had to accept all of that. But getting back to navigating the social security system, that took a little bit of work. You know, I didn't get my social security disability the first time. Um, and then I didn't appeal it on time. So then I had to start all over again. Um, and then I got denied, and then I appealed it the right way, and then I got denied. Then I had to hire an attorney, and all of that takes time. I mean, it took like three years navigating the Social Security system before I was awarded my Social Security disability due to a mental health diagnosis. And so, once again, that's where peer support today can really, 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 really help. I have found it very encouraging and rewarding to be able to help those that I serve in walking through some of that process um, because um, I know how I felt. Um, and, and, and that is one of the things that really, really does help is what Ashley said, is me just being present with the individual takes a lot of the stress and relieves a lot of the insecurity um, of that whole situation. You know, I drive up to Helena and people have their hearings and I'm, I don't do anything. I just, I just sit there with them and you know, they, 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 they get done with it. And we talk before they go into the hearing, we talk after the hearing and it just makes, makes the process uh, just, a lot less stressful knowing that there's someone there with you. Um, mm -hmm. I can remember going downtown Seattle for my social security hearing and I hadn't met my lawyer and, and we go in there and my, my lawyer says, the judge is going to ask you a series of questions. Just answer them the best you can. 
and every question that the lawyer, I mean, the judge would ask, I'd look at my lawyer. And finally, the judge goes, what are you looking at her for? She doesn't have the answers. You do. And I like got, got all choked up. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. what? A, oh, I'm going <laughs> to. It was just crazy. Anyways, my whole point in that is support is really, really, really helpful. So whether you're, you're an individual that's going through the process or an individual that's supporting people in the process, just being present and available is a tremendous help in getting through all of this stuff that we have to go through to uh, be able to get services, whether it's getting Medicaid or it's just a lot. It's just a lot at first. Absolutely. I I love that, you know, when you're talking about the process, because what came to my mind was, um, you know, something that I heard and I didn't understand until like I started applying it to my life, but it was trust the process, right? Trust the process. And it's kind of changed over the years for me in in any system that I have to navigate, whether it's professionally, whether it's for my recovery, personally, right? There's systems that I have to navigate, right? And it's find one person that you can trust during the process, right? And that really is what it has come down to me is find one person to trust. If I can't trust the process off the gate, like find one person that I can trust through the process. And, um, and it kind of makes my process a little bit easier. And, and that's, you know, for any system I navigate, any system I navigate is asking for help, asking for help and, and humbling myself enough to say, I don't know. And I'm getting kind of overwhelmed, you know? And so that's gonna, I know it's helped me. I hope it helps you in, you know, in the navigation of, of the systems that we have in our mental health and our substance abuse world. Thank you everybody for tuning in. Thanks guys. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works. Recovery is possible. Recovery is possible. (laughs) Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery is possible.